Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me today is Wordsmith of Wordsmiths, huh? What you know about that? Sometimes I've got to get the Google Translate out on the tweets because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is this English is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot right now. Yeah, yourself. You've seen the levels go up on the videos on YouTube. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to have him here today. It is Cameron F1. How, how are we doing, bro? I appreciate you as always, man. And I um, appreciate the, the market leading work that you and your team are doing yeah. here on the, the Quick Stop F1 YouTube channel, podcasting platforms, all that good stuff. Quick Stop F1 live in Austin this week. What do you Austin. mean? In the words Austin. of Nasha of Quick Stop F1, <laughs> don't piss me off. Don't! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. People want me to be humble about this shit. No, I refuse. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> if you're watching this far, welcome to the Quick Stop Everyone podcast. But remember, give the video a like and a subscribe if you're watching on, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, five star review. If you're on Apple Music podcast, make sure you leave a review on there as well as a five star review. And Remember, there's a Patreon for the ad-free stream. Also, remember, if you're in Austin this weekend, feel free to come on down to the Quick Stop F1 live show. There's literally less than 10 tickets left. Like, they will be gone. A couple more, a few more sold, like, earlier today. By the time we get around to Sunday, they'll be gone. Don't lack, don't miss out. And then message me on Sunday, like, oh, is there any more tickets? <laughs> there will be none. And in fact, I'm not paying roaming charges, so I won't even get that message. Are you daft? About, you know, you see how much roaming charges are? Do you think I'm, think I'm paying that? I'm going to have no signal the whole weekend. Um, Cameron. Talk to me, bruv. Talk to me. It's weird because we had a race last, uh, like, a, in Qatar. Mm. Um, a race full of incident, full of full of things for us to talk about, oh. and then it kind of felt like everyone was a bit quiet for a bit. It felt like okay, the you know the quiet before the storm of a triple header that we have coming up with uh, Austin, Mexico City, and Sao Paulo back to back to back, and then the FIA decided. <laughs> that they were just going to stir the pot a little bit and they were going to get shit crack-a-lacking. Um, so, for those who don't know, uh, October 15th... Oh, this was, this was literally yesterday, a couple of days ago. Um, so, the FIA decided to revisit the incident in which Lewis Hamilton crossed a live track during the Qatar Grand Prix. So if you recall, after the crash with George Russell, Lewis was seen kind of walking across the track. He was in a gravel trap off the first corner, obviously walking back to the pit. Obviously, at the time, the uh, steward's original decision was that in view of his role model, uh, sorry, this, despite the original steward's decision, which was a fine, I believe, a 50,000 uh, euro fine, uh, despite that, they have stated that 
In view of his role model status, the FIA is concerned about the impression his actions may have created on younger drivers. Cameron, explain this to me. Bruv, I have no idea what's going on at this stage. The FIA just keep moving in this. It's it's all it's all fugazi, man. Very <laughs> dust the way that the FIA are moving at the moment consistently inconsistent is what they need to be writing on their epitaph. I just don't get it, bruv, at this stage. And don't get it twisted, Nasha. I have tried. I've mm. tried. You know me, devil's advocate, think like diagnose, diagnosis by exclusion. I love to do it, man. But yeah. this gets pecky each and every single time. How dare they come out and explicitly say that they are treating Lewis Hamilton differently because of his rock star mainstream crossover status? Are you having a laugh, Nasha? I'm reading and I said, no, genuinely, bro. I'm reading <laughs> it and I'm thinking, is this April Fool's? What are we doing here, Nasha? I don't want to get all troops so quickly into the podcast, man. But at this stage, listen, said it once and I'll say it a million times. This is meant to be the upper echelons of motorsport. Yeah, F1 is meant to be the creme de la creme. So how have we got stewarding team, race director at the regulatory body in the FIA, how are they talking about one driver explicitly, openly, transparently to the public that we're going to treat him differently to any any of the other ones on the grid? Nasha, is this not a sport? Shouldn't this be equality across the board? Consistency is, is the mandate here. What are we doing, Nasha? I've had, uh, mate, I've had enough. When I read that, I was like, you know what, this... I've been waiting for an opportunity to cancel this Sky Sports subscription. I've been <clears> waiting. This might be, this <clears> might be time now, Nasha. I'm telling you because we've talked about this too. How long? How many times have we had this conversation now, Nasha? This same convo, in this same framing, Brazil 21, yeah, bloody brake testing, it's 21, yeah, Brazil, Brazil, Abu that. Not to lest we forget Brazil <laughs> twenty one turn yeah. four lap forty four like how many times are we going to have this same conversation? Max Verstappen had three infringements just the other bloody day, and yeah. I tried to argue that listen, this was incompetence more than victimizing or or them being anything else. But again, I'm just I'm I'm that they give me nothing to argue with. Nasha, this is just unacceptable. But as as a sport, when when they drop a statement like that. How is that not bringing the sport into disrepute, Nasha? Let me tell you something now. Yeah. I'm not with the shit. I'll tell you that now. Off the bat. You cannot trick me. These men, yeah, like, they are the only sport in the world. And we are fucking idiots. Like, they think we're thick. Stupid. The guy is... What is that quote? I always go back to it in Don't Look Up. And they're talking about uh, conspiracy theories that the government might have. And then um, Jennifer Lawrence's character is like, you know, none of them are actually that. They're all stupid as fuck. None of them are actually as smart as you're making them out to be. And I genuinely think we've looked at and we've seen a federation that has consistently been in such a fucking bubble. They call F1 the travelling circus. Never has it been more true than a bunch of 
unelected delegated officials making up shit on the spot with the acuteness of a fucking turd. What are we doing here? Imagine in football, if there was a VAR kind of incident and we're not sure about it, and then they're like, go back and like, you know, actually, that two-footed tackle that Messi done, yeah, we're going to go back and look at that because Messi is a... No one does that. Because in sport, the whole thing is that we're treated as equals. We're supposed to be all treated as equals under the sun, from the top rung to the bottom rung. Why? A week after the incident, are you saying, actually, yeah, let's go back on that because Lewis Hamilton walking across the track is significantly worse than when Max Verstappen walked oh. across the track, when other drivers walked across the track. I'm going to read you a tweet from Spanners. Big up, Spanners. Big up the uh, Missed Apex podcast. Uh, just 24 hours ago, it would have been called a mad conspiracy. But now we have irrefutable proof that F1 treats incidents involving Lewis Hamilton differently to incidents involving other drivers. What the fuck are we doing here? Mad, bruv. Mad. And look, I don't want to be the one that always has to take it there, okay? I don't want to do it, Okay. <laughs> I know everyone. I can. I can even. I can hear the click, clackety clack of half of the Netherlands under this fucking post right now. You always take it to race. It's not about race. Why is he treated differently, and why is he different? Give me the biggest difference between Lewis Hamilton and the rest of the grid right now. And if it's not his race, then what is it? But that's the point that the way you've done that there is the way that I've tried to do this thing by deduction, looking at each and every single one of those incidents. So look, if you go down to Abu Dhabi, you can say that they made maybe they made some of those decisions to keep it close because, of course, there is the commercial element and it makes sense to try and manufacture the big grandstand finish that's controversial so that the, the whole world and its dog talks about the, the chaos that was Abu Dhabi and the lead up to that. And that kind of... we. Cash yeah. rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bills. Your that, money that is king. Get it, Nasha. Green is the only thing that can. And, I, and you could argue that. Could argue that then as a reason why. But now, Nasha, Lewis Hamilton is not fighting for mm. any championships. This doesn't matter. See the way they're able to just. Well, you know what? We're not going to revisit Max's stuff because it's lost in the roundings, fade to black. It doesn't matter now. Couldn't they have done that? With Lewis's thing, what was, what was, what are we, t nah, Nasha, it's too much now. So the, 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 the problem is then, Nasha, even if you do it by deduction, money, it can't be that consistent inconsistency. Maybe, maybe that's still in the, the reckoning for nomination. Bloody, what's the other one now? Um, incompetence of the stewards, potentially still in the reckoning, but race absolutely has to be, but if you're talking about reasons and causality, Lewis Hamilton being the only black man on the grid, as far as the way that the stews are treating him, you cannot rule this out definitively. Not anymore. Not anymore. It ha we, we've got to talk. And you know what? I'd, I'd see that and I'd raise you this, Nasha. <clears throat> I didn't come on here today to just talk, yeah, because the, no, no, we... the community will always just talk about these things. And then the next time something like, like this happens, what we're going to do again? 
we're gonna we what we're gonna hold hold court again. Gonna gonna recall Congress and have another chat about it. I think this is the point when talking needs to stop and action needs to come to the fore. Yeah. Too many sideline merchants that don't have the platform of a quick stop F1 or a Cameron F1 or any of the other guys in the space are just it talk talk is cheap. Nasha, it only gets us so far, man. And I'm just, I'm sat here and I'm a bit disillusioned that we are yet again talking about this stuff with a view to not even make something happen. What's going to transpire after this? What's the upshot? What happens next? What's the action? That there, 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 there's me, Nasha. I look. I don't have to. I'm not going to mince my fucking words anymore, bro. I'm not going to miss words because you know what? I have spent the last two and a half years having people deliberately misunderstand me, bring straw man arguments, make me feel like I'm a fucking idiot for things that I can empathize with. Can I empathize with being a seven times, eight time Formula One world champion? No, I cannot. Can I empathize with being a black person in? a system which is not designed for you to prosper. Yes, I can. So I'm not going to mince my words anymore. I'm not going to be scared of people saying, oh, you always take it there, you always go there. Because if we don't say anything, no one's going to say anything. And, And look, the worst thing about this, like you say, when you take it down and you break it down, you're like, well, which one is it? Which one is it? At best, we're looking at one of the most incompetent sporting federations mm. I've ever seen in my life. These men make people look good. <laughs> I can't even believe it. You're telling me that a week after the race, scratching your ass, you've just gone, oh, you know what? Come on. It's not even like it was a missed. You know what? There was less looked into for a bunch of just oil protesters who nearly got themselves ploughed down on a road crossing the track. That Lewis walking across the track whilst people were under safety car, for fuck's sake. It's not even like it was... It just does not make sense. Just, just a bit just a bit anal, Nasha. Just a bit no. anal, bruv. And, well, and, why? What is... And this is the thing. This is the thing, right? Cool. You can tell me, and this is why people think when we say like stuff is based on race, all they think about is the Nelson P case of this world who will get to, they think of, you know, the people who are under our comments in our DMs, the people who openly will just call us the N-word. People who openly use, use slurs, people who openly just be racist to your face. Not taking into account things like institutional racism, which is so insidious mm. and so backhanded and so under the surface that unless, unless it happens to you or you have your eyes open and you're woke, the actual meaning of woke and not what you right-wingers seem to have turned this word into as another way to say N-word, you would not know. And instead of listening to people a lot of people, by the way, it's not, these are not just the ramblings of two men in, the, in their house 
chatting shit for no reason. These are multiple, hundreds of thousands of people who are saying, hey, this is fucked up. And the reason for that is, yes, this is incompetence, right? Base level, incompetence. What's fueling that? What's the tertiary reason behind this incompetence? And, and if you're telling me that it's just a bunch of stupid people walking around making stupid decisions, I could believe you if some of the stupidest shit that I've ever seen didn't keep happening to the same guy. And you can, look, you can keep, you can come to me with, oh, but don't you remember when Lewis done this and he got a five second penalty? <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go back to jewellery gate. Oh, mate. And there were people running around and they were insisting on Lewis taking off his jewellery. This is after Abu Dhabi, by the way. Oh. And like, how are we going to crack down on this guy? How are we going to bring him back into place? Okay, no jewellery. But then they were like, oh, Roman Grosjean or someone else was like, oh, not Roman Grosjean, but someone else was like, oh, well, I need, I need, I need my wedding ring. I can't take my wedding ring off. Okay, you can keep your wedding ring on, but take those earrings out. <laughs> waste. <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know, Cam. Like, it's blatant. It's clear as day. I'm tired of sugarcoating it. I'm tired of, like, not saying it because I'm just like, in what world is, statistically, whether you think he deserves it or not, in what world is, statistically, the greatest driver your sport has ever seen who brings millions upon millions of marketing capital to your business, let alone cold, hard cash, at what point do we just ask, why the fuck would any organisation treat one of, if not the, Maybe not sporting-wise, but it's just not a business at the end of the day. Why would you not treat your star player with a base level of humanity and sporting respect? And I just but, I can't get with it. But Nasha, you overreg it, bro. It's not. It it's this is rules that we're talking about. Not the not the not the crystallization of the rules, but the the way in which they're instituted and implemented. They need to be consistent across the board. Mm. Consistent. There can't be a driver that gets better or worse treatment because that's not how rules work, Nasha. Not in sports, not in high-level sports. That's not the way this thing works, bruv. This isn't about... I don't think... I think we're um, we're missing a trick if we start talking about human humanity and social... This isn't that not talking about this is a sport yeah and the one thing with rules yeah they need to be clear consistent and transparent both in the way they're written and they and in their implementation accordingly done that's all that we're asking for here is this isn't um <laughs> not asking anybody to run marathons or do ironmans this isn't like do you know what i mean this is yeah, yeah, difficult yeah, no. stuff yeah. write the rules properly and apply them fia Mohammed Ben so like this is F1 FFS crying out loud chaps how are we still here 24 months later Nash having these same bloody conversations I'm tired of it bro I'll be honest I know I'm, I'm done of, about the long. rules the rules of the sport this like, is long I get look look at football and VAR right no sports perfect we look at football and VAR obviously incidents where PGMOL you know the referees kind of organisation 
having to make apologies because they have fundamentally failed to apply the rules properly, right? Sound familiar. Right? So I get it. But that is done equally. It doesn't matter who does it. If it's not applied properly, then there's whatever, right? To single him out and and to do it with no thought of how that looks or sounds on the sport is incredible. It's 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 incredible. I just I can't I can't believe, like I say, in 2023, two years down the line, I'm watching this sport that I love act so incompetently and just it's wrong it's just wrong i just i can't it's I bad can't bro shit. so I it's a bad situation and you know what nasha again i will see that on a raise this finally on this yeah. if if they can say that in public <laughs> i don't know what that's whether that's a function of incompetence or um, a lack of sensitivity or PR savvy. I don't know what, I don't know how we'd characterize that. But if they can come out and say that in public, can you imagine what's going on behind closed doors, bro? Jesus Christ. Mate, there is. <laughs> I, I, honestly, Nasha, there is. Um, the FIA at this point is a pail of water with far too many bloody holes in it. It just, and it, it rears its ugly head via incompetence or the R word, which again, we will come to in short order, inconsistent. It's just ridiculous each and every single time. And as an F1 fan, you know what, Nasha, the joke is, said is finally, I, I love, I live for Formula One as a sport. I love sport. Like you, Nasha, I love sports. Life is far too hard. Work is far too dreary every single week for me not to go and watch some sports on the weekend. I love it. What I haven't come for here, though, to do is to relitigate the incompetence or the lack of PR savvy or FIA dropping the ball yet again. That's I'm not here for that, Nasha. I don't want to talk about these things because that's not that's not um, the modus operandi that I'm bought into as an F1 fan. They're going honestly, bro. This continues. They got good. Luckily for them, it's one of these seasons where it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Nobody cares. Imagine if it yeah. was. Height again, national, and they're still doing these. Well, who, and, and, and that's the thing. You know, we always say it. Ferrari fans, you know, we've seen them kind of say, oh, wait, hang about, like these sanctions that we're getting compared to the sanctions that Red Bull are getting don't seem to be taken at the same level, right? When was it? Was it earlier this season? What, for... Where, where science got oh, a yeah, five-second penalty, like off the bat, <laughs> <laughs> got a five-second penalty. Didn't even they didn't even like consider listening to it after the. Like, oh, after you the want race. about Leclerc? Leclerc Suzuki last year, right? Leclerc Suzuki, I think it was signed in Australia as well this year potentially mm. uh, because of the safety car restarts oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. stuff that happened there. And again, you know, there's so many times where other teams have been like, "Oh my god, this, this these are." fucking um incompetent as fuck why are red bull always getting always getting uh leniency look just looking at the three reprimands max got and then they're having to come out and go yeah actually yeah we probably should have what 
is why? Like, why? Why is that? Why is, like, it can't be luck. So what is it? And if you look, it's crazy. I've said it so many times. The way that Red Bull, and this is why you always call Christian Horner a gangster, the way that they position themselves as the new age Ferrari, who have incredible political power, should be noted. Because, and that's part of the game, right? Maybe we should applaud them for that. It's not, it's not Red Bull's fault, like I said in that, in that video. It's not Red Bull's fault that they've managed to get the FIA wrapped around their little finger. It's not Max Verstappen's fault that he's got the FIA wrapped around his little finger. It's the governing body's fault for literally blushing every time Red Bull looks their way and being so incapable of doing their job. I've worked in retail before. Sometimes the customer service is a little bit better when the gal is nice. I'll say it. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I've put on extra sauce. I've got them clothes from the back. I would have looked. Anyone else? No. Shit is gone. Go somewhere else. Piss me off, bruv. Anyway. Nailed it, man. Uh, no, Nailed it, man. But Red Bull, you know what? You do make a serious point there, Nash. As far as teams currently on the grid, which of them, if not for Red Bull, have done the most off their own back as far as promoting the sport globally. They do all these Red Bull runs and these show runs. They did the hometown run. They're taking F1 cars around the world pretty much off their own back. F1 don't pay them for that. Mm. And there should be a payment due. And I think what you're talking to, Nash, as far as the why Red Bull are looked upon more broadly, more leniently when it comes to these things, has something to do with that because F1 can't afford for Red Bull to go elsewhere. They need to keep them in F1 because they're the, they're the biggest marketing tool globally. Take their cars everywhere, uh, bro, 20, on the road. 20% of the, of the grid as well. You know, when you have a fifth right. of the grid, you know. Listen to um, me. Numbers, bro. Mexico, yeah. the, 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 the Checo just raced to Las Vegas. They get, bro, they put together these pieces off their own back because they're just a marketing firm at the end of the day. And, yeah. and, and that's a humongous... So F1 doesn't do that. F1's not looking to organise that. Red Bull are doing F1's bidding wow. for them in that sense. And, and we should be looking at that, right? What has F1's marketing team done? Oh, I'm a, let's be real. Like, let's be real. <laughs> We're going to Vegas in a month. Tell me, other than those Elvis Presley 299 jackets, that seem to have gone down extremely well with anyone over the age of 55. What the fuck have these men done to promote it? Other than scare everyone with the prices that they're charging. I'm going Vegas. You think I'm buying a fucking Formula One ticket? Fuck no. that. No. But you know what they are doing? Can I research where I can watch this race outside the, in Vegas? Like, can I... Are there pubs? Are there like are there fan gatherings? Are there nothing? Wanna watch race in Vegas, not the track? Oh yeah, you can get a 10 grand a night hotel room, which you can watch it out your window. No balcony. Watch it through some perspex. Anyway, I just honestly, 
I F one lucked into everything that they've got right now. Drive to Survive wasn't supposed to be a fucking uh, mock you or not mock you, a documentary which focused on personal lives as much as it did. And the reason they did that is because they didn't have Mercedes, they didn't have Ferrari, and so they had to. They were forced into doing the style they did, and they got they struck lucky. Also lucky that the person they bought it off literally refused to share the sport online. Their base level, the bar was in hell for raising this product. I could have gone into F1 in 2016 and raised the share price just by being like, you know what? I reckon we could put this shit on YouTube, you know? Hey, let's get these highlights on YouTube. Hey, let's get an Instagram account. Let's get this shit popping. Like, what the fuck's going on? We're looking at FIA and, uh, and Formula One. They can't even agree on what fucking teams to put into the sport. F1, F1 doesn't want new Both. teams. Oh my gosh, bro. They don't get, they give a fuck. They give a fuck. Gatekeeping the thing. <laughs> I've never, that, you know what? I was so impressed with James Vile's interview, but I've never seen more eloquent cock blocking in my whole life since I was in Oceana Watford 2010. God damn. I've never seen a man block another man's bag. So eloquently, this guy was pleading poverty in a Qatar paddock. <laughs> in, a, in a Gulf State paddock. But they don't want it. And this is the, the, just how the sport, just to bring it back to the original point, the way the sports run, I just, it's not coherent. And it goes from the top to the bottom in both entities. And the people that suffer the fans the end user and, bruv and we're the lifeline of the sport so be better yeah. FOM be, be better speaking of someone who should be better or personally I would like to be worse for the rest of his life is Nelson BK this man resurrected Johnny Cochran and he bus case this man got the dream team back together and he said, I'm not paying a dime. And the Brazilian court has agreed. So um, for those that don't know, it was last year, wasn't it? Last year? Yeah, it was last year. Last year, oh, we had debates about this, Cameron. Oh my hell. God, we, the we semantics. Holy we, we debated this, didn't we? So the... Uh, the long and short of it was in an interview that I think was old, but yeah, surfaced yeah, yeah. was of Nelson Piquet in an interview. I think it was from the 2021 championship where he was talking about 2020. Was he talking about Rosberg? Oh, what? Okay. No, no, no. He was talking about Rosberg, wasn't he? Yeah. So I think it was like from at least 2016. Mm. But it resurfaced and in it, Nelson Piquet referred to Lewis Hamilton as Oneguinho. Right. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to get into semantics. <laughs> no, let's not. But let's just say it is widely used as a racial slur. 
There were also a lot of homophobic remarks in there. Uh, he, he, he didn't mean it as a term of endearment. That it was not a term of endearment. No, it was not a term of endearment. It was far from a term of endearment. Nelson Piquet. Uh, then, in the Brazilian court, uh, I think a human rights body took him to court um, for that. And he was actually ordered to pay like a very hefty fine. Um uh, five million Brazilian reals. Yes, about uh, a million USD, I think. Yeah, about a million USD. Uh, but recently, as of yesterday, um, uh, he's found, uh, and I quote, legal respite as his appeal against the substantial fine has been approved. Um, despite Pique and his defense asserting a non-racial context to the offending words, the Brazilian legal system initially ruled against him only for the fine to be cancelled months later, deeming the remarks as mockery, but not qualifying as hate speech. Oh. This is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. Oh. A man could get on an interview and call you the N-word on camera, bareface, twice, not even once. Not even like, you know, the man are like, oh, you know what, slipping the tongue, I'm not normally like that. He said it twice. Okay. Plus the homophobic remarks. In appeal, and again, goes back to the point I was making racism isn't just the Nelson PKs calling you these words, but it's the institutions that allow it to thrive and uphold. And it's just, I, I just think it's, how many times do we see stuff on camera and then we see the people get away with it without consequence? Um, I actually saw the other day, F1, when Max became a three-time world champion, there's pictures of all the three-time world champions on there. And obviously my man was on there. So he's banned from the paddock, but... We'll still celebrate him and you know, uphold him and like whatever. Um, what a prick. Um, oh, but what um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, bro, I, I am selfishly, Nasha. I've just spoken about the way that we, a lot of us, try and use sport as an escapism, right? Mm. I think life is far too hard and racism far too prevalent in every black person's life and the world more broadly. For me as an F1 fan to come in here and start having to talk about racism every other bloody week, it's tiring, Nasha. Hear me now, hear me clearly. It is bloody tiring. I don't want to talk, and especially when it's Nelson PK's. This was done right. This was sunk cost. This was one that I didn't ever have to yes. address again. This was in it. This was in the rear view behind us, and now yet again, the R word. That racism door opens its opens itself again, and it, yet again, here we are talking about injustice at the hands of some some old dude who said who once upon a time said some racist ish. I, I'm just Nasha. If you can't tell already, if my tone isn't yeah. clear enough, I am tired. And of course, there is an obligation as we are content creators, and each of us have our own platform. Who else but us? We, there is an obligation there. But Nasha, if I'm speaking honestly and earnestly, bruv, 
I don't turn on my TV every weekend to watch some F1 and be bombarded by the very same fuckery that mm. I'm I'm hiding from, that I'm burying my head in because it's coping mechanism, Nasha. I watch F1 to forget that I've been called the N-word and worse at the office every single week, mm. not to be reminded of it. Honestly, Nasha, I, I, it um, makes me... Once again, I'm questioning this more often every single week. Makes me when I look through my bill statement at the end of the month, makes me look with a discerning eye ever more frequently at that Sky Sports F1 billing that sixty quid or whatever it is. Do it. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to vote with your feet, eh? I'm about to move house. <laughs> <laughs> about to move house. About to uh, move out. Um, downsizing, downsizing everything as I actually do when you are downsizing your whole life. Um, but, uh, but now you've mentioned that, I'm like, I've I've lived a life of Larry right now, bro. I've been, I was splitting the Sky Sports package. <laughs> fuck about that. I'm earning HR money. <laughs> I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna have to seriously consider what am I getting. That I can't get with a VPN and an F1 TV Dairy. subscriber account. Dairy. Did you know that before they clocked, so many people were doing it? What's the podcast they have? Uh, the, what, the Sky One? No, 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 no. The um, F1 Nation. F1 Nation. The one with Tom Clarks. Yeah, F1 Nation, it's got to be. Or Beyond they, the Grid. Beyond the Grid, there you go, yeah. They used to have adverts for NordVPN. And they used to be like, so true. If, if you can't access F1, use your NordVPN and get it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and I remember listening like, wait, are you guys telling me to get a VPN so I can illegally stream everyone and not pay for Sky? Because I'll do it. I'll do it. Because what am I getting, what am I getting from it? What am I getting from F1? Um, I just, I just find it, you know what, like you say, like, it's a gift and a curse. Look, let me be honest. Is it a gift and a curse? I was just about to say, go on, a detail. (laughs) Look, I'm so, I'm so grateful for being black for so many reasons. Just, you know, I'm proud of my heritage. Proud of the person I am, proud of my family, proud of my culture across the board. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm proud that I get to every day in some way, not even like um, deliberately, but I get to kind of showcase that through how I am, but also kind of infusing elements of culture into what it is a very white sport, right? And I think because of that, we've been able to find a community that relates to us and um, backs us, not just online, but money, merch, live shows. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for all of that. What I'm not grateful for is the exact thing that you kind of said is that 
I don't want to have to be reminded of this constantly, of just how how much F1 reminds me of the workplace, how much F1 reminds me of when I first moved to Sheffield and <laughs> I just, I was this young 18-year-old from London, well, from Hertfordshire, with dreadlocks, sticking out like a sore thumb, getting followed everywhere, every shop I went into, not getting into nightclubs, just off the strength. Oh, <laughs> like, um, you know, I just want a bit of escapism. I don't want to have to, I want to be able to make jokes without having people under my posts saying horrible shit all the time, you know? Um, and I don't want to, I'd love to be able to talk about stuff like this. And people just listen and not argue. I don't want to argue with you about my humanity. I don't want to argue with you about my experiences. Like, honestly, it's not, this is not the debate team, bro. And if you're still in a debate team mindset, go back to school, join a club. Stop doing it in YouTube comments and Twitter. You loser. You're not an intellectual because there's going to be people who are going to say, well, Nelson Piquet didn't say anything wrong. Guys. You're wrong. You're wrong, but I don't have to debate that. And stuff like this doesn't help because you are then fed. Well, in the court of law, if it's been if it's been ratified in the court of law, then you know there can't have been anything wrong with that, right? And these are the real life instances. And look, I'm not comparing this to some of the grave judicial injustices that we've seen in our time, beyond our time, at all. But they all kind of, it's like death by a thousand cuts. And you just, you just keep being reminded of it. Just sucks. <laughs> Bro, it does suck. It does suck. And you know what, Nash, I'm reminded of a conversation we had maybe, maybe 12 months ago now. Remember when we talked about the the responsibility to represent during Black History Month at work. Fuck that. Right. right. Do you remember? Told so you. This, this I, 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 where, I say it again now. But the, all right, that. so this is where I've got to defer to you, bruv. Because at the time, if you remember, I said, listen, if not you, Nyasha, then who, bruv? You, you, you're, you need to be at the the forefront of these type of movements. So the, the education piece is yours and mine so even though it's tiring and we don't have bandwidth i argued then and kind of want to argue now that we should be doing more but sometimes nasha the truth is bruv you just don't want to for whatever reason you're tired don't just roll me out when it's black history month or when you want to quote about lewis hamilton and the troubles that he's got how about the jewelry cameron how about like i don't want to be just rolled out for that don't make me the token through the way in which you engage me i don't like it nasha and it, 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 it it's jarring and i and I, sometimes brothers a simple man from birmingham of mm. jamaican heritage i just want to turn on my tv on saturday and sunday and watch some f1 that's all is that too much to ask for is that too much it, it is 
It is. Apparently so. <laughs> Shut up and put. <laughs> so so complaining. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shut up uh, and drive. Look, let's bring some lightheartedness into this. Word on the road is, you know what? I want to preface this. I want to preface this. Oscar Piastri is having a standout season. Oh. He's having the best rookie season I've seen since. It's been a minute, bro. I mean, look, that, that class of Lando, Russell, um, I wouldn't say Albon, but Russell and Lando, great, I think. Charles Leclerc, great rookie season. But we're seeing, I think, for the first time, I think we're seeing standout drives week after week after week after week after week. Um, he's on course to potentially break Lewis Hamilton's rookie record of Tasha. Can you get it up? I think it's 107 points. I'm going to say. Of his 2,000. Were they 25 points them times? Okay, we'll get to that. Of course yeah. they won't. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I want to preface it by saying Oscar Piastri is having an incredible season. Um, to compare Oscar Piastri... 110 points, thank you. To compare Oscar Piastri's Rookie season, as I saw in motorsport.com on their Twitter page or whatever, is the most laughable shit I've ever seen in my life. For those who don't know, in 2007, Lewis Hamilton was a highest thread away in a Chinese gravel trap from winning the F1 World Championship in his rookie season going up against the two-time world champion in his own team. No disrespect to Lando Norris. He's not Fernando Alonso in 2007. Respectfully. What are we doing here? Why can't we just... The death... The engagement farming techniques of what I would perceive to be storied and respected F1 organisations is just going down the drain every week as they resort to stand-like propaganda for the sake of engagement. <laughs> Thoughts on Oscar Piastri's rookie season uh, on 83 points. Um, and again, just to reiterate, before the maximum points that you could get for a... Uh, race win was 10 points obviously at the moment it's 25 and that's dished down lower towards towards 10 also it was first till 6th I believe yeah and not yeah. first till 10th <laughs> um, why does Lewis Howard's rookie season keep being disrespected and not lauded as one of the greatest things we've ever seen in the history of Formula One? Because, Nasha, the, the answer to your question is very simple. Because you, you you don't know because you weren't there them times. That's the truth of the matter. A lot you of were people... outside! <laughs> you don't... I'm sorry! <laughs> you 
can buy those little retro McLaren Vodafone jackets off eBay for £30 as much as you want. You weren't there. Coming on the back of drive to survive. I don't want to gatekeep that shit, but we were talking to truth here. A lot of people that are watching F1 today, 25% of whom came in via the drive to survive wrote. So they they don't, unless they went back and watched it on YouTube and did a bit of due diligence. I don't think a lot of people are aware of what for many was the greatest rookie season of, of all time, right? In 2007 by Sir Lewis Hamilton. Let me just say this, you know, Nash, a second, a second, everything that you've just said, Oscar Piastri is, is a wrecking ball of a driver, incredibly stoic and measured. His maturity people have talked about ad infinitum at this point. Okay, so his race pace leaves a little bit to be designed, but it's something that he's working on. You wouldn't expect anything different from a dude in his rookie season. Unless, Nasha, your name is Sir Lewis Hamilton in 2007. Let's put some respect on this dude's name. That year, Nasha, and again, people have talked about Lewis Hamilton for a while. There was a a bubbling feeling in the paddock that this dude had something and he he was coming there to take names. He wasn't coming there to be an also-ran. You remember the bloody overtake on Pizzioni and PK in GP2. He was he was doing things in GP2, not your average driver. But who was going up against, if I'm going to set the table, was Fernando Alonso, two-time champion. He just sent Michael Schumacher, the Red Baron, the Reagan Meister, one of the greatest to have ever done it. Still today, in October of 2023, into Brad Clark retirement, Nasha. That's the context. That's who Lewis Hamilton had in the opposite side of the garage. WTF chap. Lewis Hamilton 2007 was a force of nature, Nasha. You remember turn one, lap one, putting one round the outside of round the outside, bro, of Fernando Alonso. Are you having a laugh in your first ever race? You don't do that. You don't do that. That's not to be done by a rookie. Not to Fernando Alonso, two-time champion. Man who beats the invincible Michael Schumacher. He was a proper force of nature that year, bruv. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my time watching F1. The things it was doing, the aggressive moves that it was doing in that car with precision. Anybody else does that move, they lose a front wing, they get a puncture. He was doing it pretty much Pitch perfect, made made very few mistakes over the course of that year. Fellas, guys, girls, let, let's talk truth here. Oscar Piastri is not that, not that. How dare you put Oscar Piastri in 2023 in the same sentence as Lewis Hamilton in 2007? Behave yourself. Go, go take two seats with that foolishness, Nasha. Next Honestly, question, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, like do you know what I mean, that's all that deserves. That's all that deserves. Honestly, guys, let's let's be guided, okay? Let's let's be, look. I get gassed as much as the next man. I've made a whole living off this podcast getting gassed. But let's be guided, people. Let's let's use our huh? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I wonder on F1 tour, if I open, like, if I shook your head, all I hear is that Bruv. the rattling of these pea brains in your head. Just going, no. what are you, honestly, Bruv. I just be, don't get it. Be kind, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. No. They, 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 they weren't there, bruv. They weren't there. No. If you were there, 
You remember Fuji 07. You remember that, bro? You remember Monaco, where Luz was putting the flames up the gearbox of Fernando Alonso. You remember those moments, Adelaide. Do you, there's, there's a gazillion of them. Yeah. He was exceptional. America. You, 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 oh, bro, there was, got to, you, you didn't be able to do that. As a rookie, in your first year in, not, not, a, not GP2 or F3 or anything like that, in F1, there is a learning curve. You know, like how man, when man gets signed to the premiership, like Haaland did, they say, no, there's going to be that acclimatizer. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of it. Lewis yeah. Hamilton jumped in that car and drove it like he'd been driving it all his life. Put some respect on And Lewis I just want to say, yeah, this argument that, oh, well, he was lucky because he went straight into a, a winning team. Are you thick? Do you think they just put bums in those seats? Do you think big man like Ron Dennis is funding a man's career from before his balls have dropped because he's a, he's a charity case? Ron Dennis knew, like, this kid is special. And he put him in that car because he had the ability to be in that car. And even Ron Dennis was not expecting Lewis Hammond to even be on pace with Fernando Alonso. They didn't even give them the same fuel strategy for the first five races. That is a sign of greatness, guys. And sometimes it's okay to just say, you know what? No matter what you think about Lewis Hamilton now, no matter what you think about the diversity and inclusion shit that he's on, no matter what you think about his PR, his outside life, his driving abilities now, whatever. You cannot take away the 2007 season. No. You can't be gassed about certain things in this sport and then turn around and say, well, he was supposed to do that in that car. Supposed Tell that to, to certain men that have gone to Red Bull and are sinking and they're in their probably retiring. <laughs> <laughs> Sick and tired. Supposed to do what, Nasha? Beat Fernando Alonso, okay, so they were level on points, but do uncount back. Nevertheless, hey. all told, Lewis Hamilton in his rookie season, 2007, beat two-time champion, man who had beaten Michael Schumacher, Fernando Alonso. Like, that's no, um, that you've, you've, that's something to write home about, Nasha. It's worthy of mention, bro. It's, Levels. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking good. Look. <laughs> Oscar Piastri, behave. No, behave. and look, again, Oscar Piastri is most likely to be my next driver once Lewis goes. That's where I'm leaning. I think he's great. I think he's... You know when you see something in someone? I've well, been super... waiting. Yes. Yeah, I've been waiting to see something in someone where I'm like, you know what? You. You're yeah, the nah. one. Bruv. And that is on track, off track. Mm. And the temperament is yeah, wild. Right. Nash, I rate him highly, mm. but to this rookie game, to this yeah. rookie game, if yeah. we're comparing the market here, get this, Nasha, there is levels to yeah. this ish. How dare you mention Oscar Piastri in 23 in the same sentence as Lewis Hamilton's season in 07? How very dare you? Here's, here it is, Nasha. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. And look, if you haven't... Um, Watched the 2007 season. It's a great season. Goes down to the last race. Um, 
you know, Kimi Raikkonen, for fuck's sake, just come out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, and look, if you're talking about drivers, Kimi Raikkonen, before he went to oh, Ferrari, mate. was, talking about Sauber to McLaren West, Kimi Raikkonen. Levels. You know, the people now know him as a guy that just says one word and <laughs> this guy was unreal. So I would highly recommend it. All the drama in there, obviously Spygate, oh. the Hungarian Grand Prix, oh. that kicking off. Alonso versus Lewis at the US Grand Prix is some great wheel-to-wheel racing between two people who clearly do not like each other. Um, Monaco, um, yeah, I would honestly, I would highly, I think it doesn't get spoken about enough. The 2007 season, it's it's a great season of F1, and uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, I think we'll just leave it there. I was going to be like predictions for Austin, but honestly, I'm just, I'm just counting down the races till the season's done. I can't, I'll be honest, 2026. <laughs> I just, honestly, yeah, really, I just, I'm really looking forward to. The season ending and spending as much of November to February not as intensely thinking about this sport as I currently have to. And that's, look, that's on me. That's on me. But, um, Cam, thank you for being an incredible guest. I hope everyone liked that. I really enjoyed that. Time flies. 30 minutes we were going to try for. Who were we kidding? Who are we kidding? Um, who? Where can people find you? Cameron F1 on the YouTubes. Cameron F1 Live on the YouTubes. Cameron F1 YT on the Twitters. Talking all sorts of nonsense and spewing all sorts of erroneous, um, evidentially incorrect theories on their rambling <laughs> F1. You know, you know, you know, we, you know, we do. I've seen how the tides turned on the Toyota Mercedes. Bro, I'm not <laughs> even gonna because you know why I'm not talking about it, Dasha. Because you always, I mean, every, every time I come on here, you're telling me about I'm doing some victory laps. I'm, bro, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. He's hoping they can do something for next year, full stop. Look. Forget previous indiscretions. Everybody can make a mistake. Yeah. Fix the car and fi- fix the pit stops because this time next year I don't want to be on quick stop F1 having these same bloody conversations where I'm having to hold Toto's feet to the fire don't want to yes. do it bro no no neither of us want that at all um guys thank you for listening watching wherever you are remember obviously leave the ratings on Spotify Firestar Apple reviews Patreon ad free and remember like and subscribe to the channel really helps like, it really helps. You guys liking and subscribing has gotten us more subscribers and more views. And it's, it's, it's simple maths. Like and subscribe. Um, the next time you see me, it will be on a stage in Austin. I am so... You know what? I'm not here to be... I'm sorry. Me and Tandy build this shit up from the ground Brick by brick. There was no one like us before. Now I'm seeing tethers of this podcast all over the shop. Don't piss me off. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, everyone who's bought a ticket. Still a few tickets left. Um, it's, it's in an art gallery. I haven't actually described it. 
We're doing an F1 live show in an art gallery. We've got a DJ there who's going to be spinning tunes. We've got free drinks all night. That's on us as our way of saying thank you to you. What more could you want if you are in and around that area? I don't know. But if that sounds like a fancy, come through. Can't wait to... If I see any of you guys at the race, if you're there, let us know. Hopefully we'll see you guys there. And yeah, I think that's it. I think we're good to go. Cameron, thank you so much for your time. You guys, thank you for your time. Take care of yourselves. I do want to say that. Apartheid is wrong. And the situation in the Middle East is fucked. It has been fucked for decades. Some could even say it's been fucked for a lot longer than that. And I want to make it super clear that we as a platform stand against any apartheid states and any situations where people are forced to live in an open-air prison for decades and where there's war crimes being committed by one state onto another, that is absolutely against any basic human right that any of us who are listening to this podcast, I think, take advantage of and take for granted every single day. So... Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone in Palestine. And for those who are innocent bystanders in a war in Israel, uh, we stand with you as well um, because you've not asked for this situation for where you live. Um, But our thoughts are with the people of Palestine and I really hope that the stuff that we're seeing stops because it's fucking disgusting and i have to say that oh remember no matter what life tells you keep on the black stuff take care